Please pray with me. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. New. Who doesn't love something new? We all love something new. We all know that newness is just precious. It's something to be cherished, something to be given special care. And yet we also all know that it fades away. That's why it's so precious, that it doesn't last very long. We all know that when we get that that new thing we've wanted for so long, we make special rules about how it's going to be used and what we're going to do with it and how we're going to take care of it. And we also know that little by little, those rules fall away and those special ways of take caring of it get left by the wayside as the new thing becomes just another thing on its way to becoming an old thing. A tarnished, creaking, obsolete thing waiting to be replaced by another new thing to start the process over again. And it really just seems that that's just the way of things, and whether we like it or not, that it's the way of people, too. That all of existence is just a one-way street, from new to old, with nowhere to turn around. Odd, then, that all of our readings today promise us, with such excitement, so many new things. Newness is great, but it's fleeting, and shouldn't the Bible, of all things, have the wisdom to know that we shouldn't get too attached to fleeting things, that we should be counseled away from our obsession with newness? And yet, the prophet this morning in the Old Testament reading promises us a new heart and a new spirit, and the psalmist promises us green pastures and a freshly laid table. And the Apostle promises us nothing less than a new creation, a new everything. And our Lord himself promises us a new birth, a new life. Shouldn't we all just ask with Nicodemus, how can this be? It all sounds great, but we all know that new hearts and new spirits just become weak and tired. That the green pastures of spring just become the brown, withered pastures of winter. That a freshly laid table is soon nothing more than scraps and dirty dishes. That new creations always become old creations. And that new birth always leads to old death. What then is there to be so excited about in all this newness? Well, nothing, unless, of course, they're talking about some other kind of newness. Unless, of course, we actually have it all wrong. Unless what the prophet and the psalmist and the apostle and the Lord are telling us is that in God's own land, beside God's still waters, with God's reconciling son, in God's own kingdom from above, the truth is things actually work the opposite of what we think they do. It's not an unstoppable march from old 
from new to old. In God's kingdom, we don't grow old. You and I and each one of us grow new. Newer and newer forever. That is the new heart and the new spirit, the green pastures and the piping hot feast. That is the new creation and the new birth that we are being promised in the readings today and which Emma is being promised in a very special way this morning. Now the deepest truth is that those promises have been hers and mine and yours and everyone's all along because they're all promises of God's grace. And if there was anything we had to do, whether it was be a good person or be in church every Sunday or be baptized, as wonderful as all those things are, if there's anything we had to do to earn those promises, then they wouldn't be grace because grace has to be free. So what it is that happens in a few minutes this morning is not the making of those promises, but the sealing of them. God will sign and seal those promises for Emma this morning, and she will acknowledge her receipt of them so that there can be no doubt ever again. No matter what happens to her, what she does, or is what is done to her from this point forward, she will know that on this day, she received a new heart and a new spirit which grows ever newer. That she was led to the green pastures and sat down at the Lord's table. That she became a new creation. That she endured a new birth. And none of that can ever be doubted again after today. Now, for most of us, the baptism that we will witness this morning is a bit different than the ones that we're used to. In the old prayer books, they had a special service for this kind of baptism. It was called the baptism of those of riper years. <laughs> now, Emma, I will not accuse you of being ripe this morning. However, you would be in good company. I myself was baptized when I was much riper than you are now. But what makes today different, not better, but different than the baptism of an infant that we are used to, is that we're shown a different side of God's grace. When we baptize a baby, what we see is that God's grace is there for us before we can even ask for it. Before we even know about it. Before we definitely can do anything about it. And when we baptize one of riper years, what we see is that God's grace is always still there. No matter how ripe we become, no matter what we've been through or how we've grown, that the grace is always there for the asking. And the blessing that we will all get to see this morning, and which I know from personal experience that Emma will experience, is that today she will know these things for herself. She will speak the words for herself. She will not need the testimony of parents and godparents to tell her about what happened today. She will always remember what happened today. The promises will be directly, firsthand, between her and God. Yes, there'll be sponsors 
But still, it is Emma who will speak for herself this morning, which is a wonderful blessing for us all to witness. And I know that it's a blessing that Emma has wanted for some time, at least ever since we had the joy of welcoming her into our family here so many months ago. I'm pretty sure you asked me about it the first time we ever met. And I know, although she might not, that it has been on her mind. I could see it in her eyes every Sunday when she came to the altar rail with her arms humbly crossed for a blessing. You don't have to do that. But she came Sunday after Sunday because somewhere she knew that there was something deeper, something better to be found there on the other side of this day. And I can't tell you, Emma, how many times I just wanted to put the body of Christ and the bread of heaven right there in your hands. And what what joy it will be for me today, not just to baptize you, but to serve you for the first time at the Lord's table. But my greatest prayer is that as much of it is a blessing for me and for the rest of us and for your family and for your sponsors, that it will be a blessing for you, the greatest of blessings. Because today we are all gathered to see God's mightiest of works. We are here to be reminded that Emma is in Christ and that we are all in Christ. And that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, everything is becoming new. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, I would invite Emma and her sponsors and her family to the font.